Hey everyone, welcome to an all new episode of Curious Chats. Today we have uh, Nader Dabit, who is a developer advocate at AWS. And today we'll be talking about how to build your career in cloud computing and how to go about learning the right kind of skills that the companies need in today's time. So let's get going. Thank you so much, Nader, for joining today. Let's get started with, tell us a bit about yourself and what has been the inspiration behind your recent book. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me, first of all, and um, I'm happy to be here. And I love talking about this type of stuff, so um, it's a pleasure. So. Yeah, so the stuff that I'm working on uh, right now is uh, kind of in the space of full stack development, but mainly focusing on um, serverless and cloud computing as the backend versus kind of the traditional rolling your own backend and kind of managing your own servers. And I think that this is kind of like a really growing space and you're, you're really seeing it take off, not only with traditional cloud computing companies like AWS and Azure, but you see a lot of startups that are kind of breaking into this space because they're building abstractions essentially on top of uh, the raw cloud computing services to kind of improve the developer experience. And it's kind of giving front-end developers a way to start building out more sophisticated applications without having to kind of go and spend uh, years learning how to actually write all this backend stuff from scratch because the APIs are getting more uh, abstracted away and they're getting easier to work with. So you can kind of use your front end skill set now, uh, working with a lot of these services to build out some pretty great um, and sophisticated full stack apps. So that's kind of what my, my, my book is about. And um, the book is really focused on the stuff that I'm working on which is uh, within AWS called AWS Amplify. But I think the, the idea behind the book is more around, you know, that not only AWS is doing this, but I think, you know, you can kind of look around and see a lot of opportunity in this space. But because I specialize in Amplify, that's, that's kind of what I wrote the book about. Awesome. So let's talk a bit about your own story, how you got into cloud computing, uh, some of the early years, how you got started. I know you're a self-learned programmer and you picked up the art. So tell us a bit about those early years of learning and getting into cloud computing and serverless. So I'm a self-taught developer, like you mentioned, and I didn't start learning how to code until I was 29. So I kind of started really late uh, compared to some people. And, um, you know, I think that um, because I was, when I was learning, I was already married and I had a job and I had uh, a kid at the time. I was really constrained on my, um, my the time that I had to actually learn all this stuff. So I would, uh, I I'm always about efficiency and, and even to this day, kind of I focus on that. And I think that's, you know, a good way to get, you know, ahead in, 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 a, in a career like this, because, you know, you only have X number of minutes and hours in a day. So how you use your time and, and things like that are so important. But I think that, the, you know, for me, the way I learned, I would go um, online and, of course, just, you know, look for things like, um, at the time, Stanford and MIT and Harvard and all these big colleges started putting their courses online. So I would watch those and I would buy books for things that interested me, like how to um, learn how to write jQuery at the time was, was kind of really interesting to me and JavaScript. And I would just take all of these online courses and I had a couple of paid memberships for things like Pluralsight and Lynda.com, which were both really uh, big at the time. And I guess they kind of still are, but they were really where I learned most of my stuff. So I pretty much taught myself how to program using online resources and books. And 
I got into cloud computing about three years ago or so, a little, a little uh, less than three years ago, actually. So I haven't been doing it that long. I was uh, a front end and a mobile developer specializing in React and React Native at the time. And I wasn't building out anything, you know, too serious on the back end. I could, I could create a server and I could create a database and I could probably write authentication and do some basic stuff. But as far as actually building something that would scale and that would be something that you could use, you know, enterprise ready or even with like a million users, I probably, you know, didn't understand how to do that at, at all. So that's kind of what cloud computing is, is brought to me. It's how to actually take this uh, idea and, and build it, but but make it scale, you know, if you do get that big uh, number of users. Right. So um, I learned AWS by joining a team for Amplify, which is kind of, it used to be the mainly focused on mobile, but now we do a lot of web stuff. And we are focused on actually people like me who are front-end developers trying to get into cloud computing. So uh, tell us a bit about when you were learning, uh, was there like a support system or it was more like you were doing projects or it was more of just, you know, going by the concepts and learning the skills or you were actually building stuff as well on the line, on the side? I was doing a little bit of everything. I would uh, take tutorials, I would build example projects, and then I would typically take those ideas and start from scratch and try to see what I could do. And doing that over and over and over, I think was a good repetitive task for me. And that kind of, uh, I think was a really great way to learn because when you start from scratch, you kind of have to just learn everything. And then uh, and then you go back and you take another tutorial and then you have these little aha, aha moments. And those aha moments kind of build upon each other over time and you start having uh, a better grasp of, of everything and how everything kind of works together, I think. Right. So in the process of learning, did you ever felt the need of having a peer group and a support group who are, say, uh, trying to learn similar skills? And do you think would that have been helpful or uh, how was the process like for you? And uh, now looking back, how would you suggest people should like really upskill themselves and learn? Absolutely. I think the fact that people helped me along the way is, is one of the things that I attribute to my success and all of those things were, you know, different things. So some of them were me going to meetups, some of them were me going to conferences, some of them were me and being involved with online groups. And I kind of transitioned between things, you know, uh, over the over time, you kind of get involved in one group and then you then you leave to go to a different group. But over time, I, I'm always involved in these types of groups. And yeah, absolutely, they've been very instrumental. And I think that, um, and I don't know if it's the same for everybody, but for me, having people that are successful that I can watch and see what they do and ask questions was really helpful. And mentoring people is also helpful because once you learn and you teach other people, it helps you learn and uh, it allows you to kind of give back. So yeah, I'm, I think for sure it's it's yeah. something that is instrumental. And if you can kind of get, if you're, an extra, if you're an extrovert, it's easy, but if you're an introvert, like most of us, so I think mm -hmm. are, it's kind of hard, but you kind of just make yourself do it. And over time it becomes easier. That is true. So uh, now, Let's just talk about a bit about cloud computing and based on what developments that you're uh, seeing is coming across. How would you say one should think about a career in cloud computing? And what are the key concepts and principles people should start learning on early on and like a whole career path and a roadmap? A lot of 
uh, engineers ask me, hey, we want to build a career in DevOps, how should we go about it? Like, how would you like typically answer that question? So the way I see it in the future, cloud computing is just going to be web development. It's just going to be software development because, because I think that cloud computing is becoming a lot easier and it's becoming a lot more integrated into everything. So I think it's going to be one of those things like, um, you know, if you're a web developer now, you know how to NPM install a library, right? I think in the future, if you're a web developer, you're going to know how to spin up an authentication service and a database. So I think it's more like um, the cloud is coming. The abstractions are making it so easy that everyone's going to be doing this. So if you start early and you become good and you become well versed at things that are there, and you also have a front end skill set, you're going to be extremely valuable, you know, as a as a as an engineer. So if you want to get started, um, you you know, I would just go for the lowest hanging fruit, the easiest entry barrier to entries. Um, for me, in my opinion, it's stuff like Firebase, Amplify, Netlify. Um, Netlify is kind of like an abstraction right on top of other cloud services like AWS. Firebase is Google Cloud. Um, Amplify is AWS. That's what I work on. And I'm sure that uh, Azure has some other stuff similar. I don't really know much about Azure, but I, I would just go for the easiest thing and start from there because just doing that, you're going to get exposed to things that you haven't been before and then you kind of can go deeper from there. Right, right. So is it correct to say that uh, mostly if you're working on a front end and a back end, you got to have skills in the cloud and it's not going to be just working in a silo as a, a specialization. You got to be uh, context switching and be able to do multiple things because it just got so easy with AWS and all these uh, platforms these days, right? Yeah, I mean, I hate to say things in a binary manner because I still see people that just write CSS and they're front end developers. But but yeah, that's that is kind of how I see it though. I, I do think that for the most part, people will be, um, ex, you know, just kind of, you're going to be expected to understand a lot of this stuff in like five years. And right now you could probably for sure get away with not knowing most of this stuff, as long as you're understanding how to kind of like build UIs and stuff, you don't have to worry about the back end part. But right. but in my opinion, in the future, this is going to be not everyone's going to have to know it, but a lot more people will be expected to know it. And if you do know it, you will have a lot better, you know, viability in the job market, but also the ability to just build stuff yourself if you're interested mm -hmm. in doing that. Sounds good. What is your opinion on those certifications, like the cloud certifications? Um, are these like real testament of your skills or is it more like have you worked on scale and what kind of uh, large scale databases you've handled on cloud? Uh, what is like the real testament of your skills that, okay, you can manage stuff on the cloud? I think there's a couple of ways that you can go about having the testimonial type of thing or, or, or just being able to show that you are capable of doing these things. And I think that's just one of the many ways that you can do it. I think that if you have a 10 year career that you can kind of just um, have on your resume, that's that's one thing. If you're getting into this stuff and you want to prove and, and provide, you know, um, some resources for an employer showing that you do know how to do this stuff, but you're still maybe fairly new to intermediate. Yeah, for sure. Certifications are there. I, I, I hate to say that you should for sure do certifications because I don't believe that's the case, but I think that they are really great and they, they do serve a purpose. 
but I know a lot of people that work at AWS that actually don't have certifications. And then I know people at AWS that have every certification and they're they're all really great. But um, I think it just depends on what you're trying to do with your career and things like that. Right, right. So uh, you spent uh, some time in, in consulting career as well, and now you're uh, working with AWS. So let's talk about a bit of your balance uh, uh, in the consulting career and now full-time working with the AWS. Let's talk a bit more about, you know, your day-to-day -day work life. Yeah, so um, I would say like everything has its trade-offs, you know, consulting has benefits and it has negatives and drawbacks and, and working for a company has the same. And I think that it just kind of depends. Uh, for me, overwhelmingly, I have enjoyed working with AWS the last couple of years more than independent consulting. I was actually making more money as a consultant, but I was a lot more stressed out. I didn't really understand how to manage money and things like that. But I think in the future, if I got back into consulting, taking everything I've learned from my first round of consulting and then now being at a company, I would be able to manage it much better and I would be happier. So I don't see myself as not going into consulting again, but I would say my previous bout with consulting over a couple of year period was, was almost, um, it was like a big whirlwind of, of things happening, like uh, a lot of work, a lot of um, traveling, you know, I made a lot of money, I did a lot, I made a lot of mistakes and uh, I was very stressed. And then now working at a company, it's more like, okay, you work Monday through Friday and that's it. You don't have to work Saturday or Sunday. And to me, that's like really uh, a big change. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because I see a lot of people, you know, flipping between a full-time job and, and then, having their own independent consulting as well. Um, there are, of course, trade-offs, like you said, um, right? And it's it's the job market is hard anyway. It's it's hard anyway for, for anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So it's kind of like, if you're lucky enough to have the option to do both, that's great. Um, if, you, if you want to try your hand at consulting, um, I have a lot of tips I could, I, I could give you, but I, we can't talk about all those in this because we would run over. Yeah. But um, I would say, like, if you want to get in consulting, all, the, the main thing you would need to do is just find a client that pays a certain percentage of what you're already making before you get into it. That way you have at least some income coming in. But I've, I've seen some people just quit their job and have some savings and then they just go through their savings and they don't ever really build up their uh, consulting career because yeah. they kind of just bet everything on it. And, and sometimes yeah. it's, it's a little harder to get going there. Right, right. Of lately, I'm also seeing a lot of uh, new career options available, like in developer advocacy, in developer relations, and that has been your role as well in AWS, I guess. So can you talk a bit about what does it entail and uh, what is that function exactly like working with software developers? Yeah, so developer relations is, is really a cool space to me and it's really interesting. I think it depends on the company and the team. Yeah what the actual work is but I can talk you know for myself and my experience which has just been with AWS and for us we have uh, a very large team right we have uh, all of these things that we're building but we don't want to just build these things in a silo we don't want to just guess and say hey let's build this cool thing because uh, someone in our team thought it was a good idea instead we want to talk to as many developers as possible and find out what they want. And then we want to take that and provide that feedback to our team. And then we want to build that. And then after we build that, we want to ask the developers, you know, do they like this thing or do they hate it? 
and 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 maybe uh, the way we built it was was not the best way. So let's you know continue to iterate on it. So developer relations on my team is mainly around getting feedback from customers and developers and bring it back to our team. And then once we build something, letting them know that we built it and how to use it, and then getting feedback again. And it's just this one big feedback loop. And you could almost say that we're the messengers between the, the the team and the and the developers, and we're also teachers, and we're trying to kind of uh, teach right, people right. how to use the stuff that we're we're doing. Exactly. So that's kind of our team. That's kind of what we do. Exactly. So I mean, switching gears slightly and going deeper into uh, what's coming with cloud, do you think a lot of uh, emphasis is happening on the security side of things as well and security is going to be very big on the cloud uh, as a next big development in terms of you know upskilling in your career and and thinking about your own career path yeah so for cloud in general with aws security is just the number one concern and anytime we release something i would say when you think of a big company like aws you think of bureaucracy sometimes and i would say we don't really have that much red tape, but when it comes to security, that is a lot of red tape. So whenever we're ready to release something, um, we have all of these security processes that are in place. So by default, we try to make security uh, out of the box um, as as no as much of a no brainer as possible to where you don't have a lot of options to, to make those mistakes. But as far as like an actual career path, so I'm kind of talking about that as a product, but mm -hmm. now I'd like to switch more to people looking to get into, you know, a cybersecurity or something. Based on the uh, discussions I've had with companies and a lot of um, working with startups and, you know, people that are um, recruiters and stuff, I see that as that space is, is very much in demand and it pays really well. And it's actually not really hard to get into it compared to some other areas I see in tech. When I understand, I've met people that have spent maybe a year kind of uh, focusing on getting certifications in cybersecurity and understanding the problems and how to solve those problems. And they've been able to get six figure jobs after just maybe a year of study. And uh, this is without a college degree. And uh, to me, that's that's really, really interesting to see. Of course, I've seen people do that in other areas like web development and, and mobile development. But I think that the the demand for cybersecurity experts is, is just not going away. And yeah. uh, as every company starts becoming a tech company and every company is starting to collect data on their, um, you know, for their users, for instance, if you're a doctor's office, you, you, you need to have um, people that understand cybersecurity and, and there's going to be always a huge demand for it. Yeah, yeah. So I see a combination of cloud and security coming uh, in terms of what these startups are working on and how these companies are building products. I see that need coming up real quick in terms of, uh, you know, and, and that's what, what I usually tell engineers to think uh, when they're working on DevOps and cloud security and stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that because if everyone's building with the cloud, then, then yeah. you have to have people understand how the, the security works around it. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Awesome. So let's switch uh, big gears and uh, and talk more about the lighter side of things and and more about you. So uh, I, I remember when we first got connected on Twitter, it was it, when we interacted. It was mostly like you know your. Uh, choice of food and your liking for Indian food. So let's talk a bit about that. How did that really happen? 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's by far my favorite food. I don't know. It's just um, I, I like really. Uh, my, well, first of all, I'm Palestinian. And my family is Palestinian. My wife is Palestinian. Um, and I've always, you know, been, you know, really, I, I really like uh, Arabic food, right? So I really like all of the different things like from the Middle East or whatever. And I grew up kind of eating that. And as I started traveling and I started going places, I live in Mississippi, so we don't really have good Indian food here. So I wasn't ever really exposed to it. But as I started traveling, um, I was able to eat really good Indian food. And I just fell in love with it. And and it was one of the, the favorite things to do uh, when before coronavirus happened, right? When I used to actually travel. Um, in Europe, especially, I, f I found that the Indian food is extremely good. Uh, I did travel to India once, and I was there for a week, and it was it was amazing. Yeah, um, I, I think I had rated like my favorite foods uh, on Twitter a few months ago, and Indian food was by far number one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I've actually ordered some spices based on some recommendations oh. for people, and uh, I've been experimenting, uh, you know, cooking at home a little bit, but it doesn't come out as good yet. But I'm I'm still working on it. It will, it will. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay, so so what are you working on next? I mean, are you writing a, another book? Uh, what, what, what's keeping you busy these days? So yeah, I just released Full Stack Serverless about two or three weeks ago. And now I am trying to figure out what I'm gonna do next. One of the things I am working on that's not a book, but it's a, a GitHub kind of project. It's a it's called Full Stack Serverless, and it kind of is the same name as my book, but it's not really having anything to do with my book in the sense of it's it's not for sale. It's just open source. It's going to be, and it already is, uh, a couple of um, full stack serverless applications that contain the front end, the back end code that you can deploy for popular applications like chat apps for uh, custom authentication flows and things like that. So it's kind of like if you are looking to build out a cloud application and you want the back end and the front end, you want it all integrated together and you don't want to start from scratch, you can just kind of clone one of these repos and deploy it to the cloud. So I'm working on those. I'm hoping to have five or six before I officially launch. I already have a couple, so you can go check it out. It's it's github.com slash full stack serverless. And I'm still figuring out what I want to do in my next book. I'm considering um, creating a free book and, and, and doing a digital ebook and giving it away. I'm considering self-publishing and selling the book, but um, and I'm and I'm not sure what the book is going to be about yet. But um, it might be in a similar vein as Full Stack Serverless, but maybe using um, App uh, AppSync and CDK and Amplify on the client because uh, all the infrastructure in Full Stack Serverless was Amplify CLI. I'm thinking to do CDK for this next one. Awesome, that sounds good. Okay, so just to wrap it up, any last pieces of advice that you've got for uh, the next generation of software engineers and how, uh, what's the number one thing that you would tell them, definitely do this? I would say always be creating something. Um, I think that the people that create things really sometimes learn the most and are the most interesting because you, you never know. A lot of times you're scared to create stuff because you're you're maybe scared of getting people's um, negative feedback or you're, you're afraid you won't actually be able to create the thing that you want to create. But I think creating original things and putting them out there is, is, has been one of the most um, important things I've done in my career. And some of them have failed, most of them have failed, but sometimes they actually do well. And when that happens, it's a really great feeling. Well, thank you so much, Nader, for sharing all your thoughts and experience. It was, it was incredible to learn more about that. And thank you so much for taking the time. Well, thank you for having me. It was actually really cool to, to talk to you and, and be able to hang out for about 30 minutes here. So 